You're listening to Faux Real, a podcast where I interview filmmakers. And I'm your host, Dawn Borcher. On today's episode, I'm going to jump back to the Freeland Film Festival to a conversation that I had with filmmaker Robin Greenspun and subject Ng Ayub from the Zen speaker Breaking the Silence. Amy Ayub was a former political fundraiser and is now a public speaking coach. And this film is really a powerful personal portrait of her coming out to share her most personal story, which was that she was the victim of sex trafficking in Nevada. In the film, Amy goes on to testify before the Nevada State Legislature to help put forth a bill designed to fight sex trafficking. I am so lucky to be here today with the filmmaker and the subject of the film, Amy Ayub and Robin Greenspun. So thank you ladies so much for joining me today. Thank you. Robin, I just wanted to get started with you as the filmmaker, um, asking how you guys connected, how did you first meet Amy, and what has this project really meant to you? I actually knew Amy for many years uh, in her role as a political uh, fundraiser. And she and I worked on events together. She did an event, several events at our house. So she's, we knew each other, we were acquaintances. We, I wouldn't say we were friends, but we were, we talked whenever we saw each other, but you know, just sort of socially. And a few years ago, a friend of mine said, I want you to come to a lunch and I want you to hear Amy Ayub speak. And she said, she's got a story to tell that you, you know, you really need to hear. And I thought, well, you know, I like Amy, why should I come to the luncheon though? I mean, just, you know, give me a little more information. She said, I'm not gonna tell you anything else except that it's gonna blow your mind. So I took her on her word, went to the luncheon and needless to say, I heard Amy's story because she had, this was actually the first time she had spoken in front of a social group in Las Vegas and, and told her story. And needless to say, my mind was blown. I turned to my friend afterwards and said, I think this is my next film. I just have to convince Amy of that. And it took several months for the opportunity to come up where I reached out to Amy actually on Facebook. I always kid that I stalked her on Facebook. And I had seen that she was thinking about writing a book. She, she mentioned something in a, in, a, in a post that indicated that she was thinking maybe it was time to write a book. And I thought, okay, this is the perfect opportunity. And I got in touch with her and um, she answered pretty quickly, but she was about actually to go into some major surgery. <laughs> she said, we'll talk after my recover from my surgery. And we did. And it, uh, I'll let her talk more about what happened after that. But it was, I, as soon as I heard her speak, I knew that more people needed to hear her story. She, she was, she's phenomenal. You saw in the film how phenomenal she is. And her story just needed to be told. Amy, first, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story with everyone. I know, you know, it was as we saw in the film, it was a long process for you to get to that place, but I'm so grateful that you shared that. It was such a powerful story. Thank you. Um, I have to say, I don't think, if, if it wasn't Robin, I don't think I would have done it. It was not, even though I had mentioned something about a book, it was really one of those things where people kept telling me after I testified, you need to write a book, you need to write a book. And so I did it as a New Year's resolution, which another one I wouldn't keep, right? <laughs> and, and said something, but I'm glad I did because it got Robin's attention. And the last thing I thought I ever wanted was to be on film and to be interviewed, is just go through that process. It wasn't on my radar at all. 
And if somebody else had asked, I wouldn't have done it. But Robin, just what I knew of her already, but certainly when we talked, I was just, a, it was a safe, I just felt safe. And I knew that even if it was overwhelming to think of doing a book, I knew there was still more to say and um, I needed to get out. And this made it much easier on me because she told the story that was very difficult for me to tell. It was a chaotic life, right? So to make sense of it was difficult. Yeah. What have your experiences been like being on camera, telling your story on film versus giving all of like the public and workshop talks that you've given? Well, it's certainly different when I'm giving my workshops and my classes that are on speaking, right? It's not my personal story that I'm telling. So that's easy breezy to do for me. <laughs> when I first told my story, uh, when I testified in 2013, I was doing that. I, everything I told my students to do and all the excuses I heard them give me of why they couldn't do it, I was that person. I was that student <laughs> to myself. That Because when it's so raw and so personal, it's just different than creating a speech that you're going to give, you know, about a subject that isn't that personal. So it, that was definitely different. What I tell my students all the time is to be authentic, to be conversational, to be yourself, and that that's enough. That's what people want, right? It's when we think we have to be perfect. But when that camera's in front of you, that's what you tend to do. Do I look like, you know, do I look perfect? Do I look as perfect as I can? And with Robin and I, it was always just a conversation with her between the two of us. And, and I think, I hope you saw that, that it was, uh, yeah, I, you might not guess from some of those interviews that I'm a public speaking coach. <laughs> it was <laughs> pretty raw. Uh, I, I have to insert here that um, it did take me um, <laughs> a year to get her in front of the camera. Her, her, what we fondly refer to as the blue shirt interview, which is the heart of, of the film when she tells her story. She, I kept saying, when, when do you want to do your interview? And she said, well, you know, I want this and that. And, you know, uh, and it just kept going on and on. I did almost all the other interviews, um, pretty much had finished all the interviews. I kept thinking of other people. Oh, you have to interview this other person. <laughs> and uh, so by the time we got to that day, well, she finally said to me, well, I didn't give her an ultimatum, but I finally said, you know, we really need to get you in for the camera. Okay. Um, and she called me a few days after that and said, I'm ready. And I'm, and I think you'll be happy. I waited because I'm ready to tell you things that no one's ever heard before. And I think she surprised herself that day too, because she did tell stories that when we looked at the footage later, she said, I, I didn't remember telling you that. <laughs> yeah, there were times that I said, you know, I really want to get that point across about such and such. And she's like, we did. <laughs> It was, I just, it just all came out that day. It, it was funny to me, maybe not to anybody else, but when that day was, I, you know, I cried, I was raw. It was really emotional and I was, it was almost out of body. And like I said, I didn't even remember some of the things I said. And as soon as it was over, I got so much energy. I got this rush of energy and I perked up and Robin and her crew just went, <laughs> Like they were just drained. <laughs> so they had, you know, it was, that was amazing too, is how much the crew took in. Robin might want to talk about that since they were all male. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, two quick things. Um, 
we gave her the option. I gave her the option of, of doing that interview over two days. And she said, absolutely not. She said, you, whatever you get on this one day, that's it. I'm not, I'm not doing this again. So we did. So it was a really long day because she just, she wanted to keep going. And um, at the end of it, I, the crew was just absolutely, we were all just wiped out, absolutely wiped out. And I, I, I think Amy is the one who asked the crew, what did, what did they think after hearing all of this? Um, and one of the cameramen said, I want to go punch someone right now. I want to go find a guy and punch him for, for all the men who have treated women like this. This reminds me, I did an interview um, with the filmmaker. I don't know if you guys have seen the film Love Mobile. It's a really beautiful film set in Germany. Um, but they had a very uh, similar experience as you guys. Um, might want to check that film out at some point. It's interesting. Um, and on that note of like how these really powerful stories affect the film crew, Robin, how has telling this story and learning so much about this subject affected your life? Well, the, the first thing is, thanks to Amy, I have an incredibly wonderful new circle of friends that are women that are the most empowered and amazing women I've ever met, um, I, who were kind enough to open up and tell their stories. But even beyond that, the, just the people that I've met through Amy and through telling the story, I, I've, I, I'm always in awe of the bravery, you know, of the courage, and just the fortitude of these women and, and men uh, who just, you know, they just keep going. This, this becomes part of their story, but it's not their story. I mean, Amy's a perfect example of that. Her story doesn't end with this, you know, with, with what happened. Um, that was just a way for her to get to where she is now at this point, I think. So for me, it has been such an eye-opening experience. I thought I knew about trafficking, about you know, what goes on. And, you know, I grew up in Las Vegas. Uh, if anybody should be aware, you know, it should be those of us living here. And we were, you know, we've all just been basically been fed the same lines that everybody else is. Well, you know, it happens and, you know, make jokes and, and you know, it, it turns your thinking around when you realize the violence, the fear, that, that victims of trauma and especially sexual trauma have, have in their life, it's, it's just staggering. Um, and, and the realization that this is happening in our own backyards. This is happening to you know, your, your daughter's friend who's playing soccer. Um, you just don't have any idea how, how much of this is in your neighborhood and in your city and in your community. And for me, that's been a real eye-opener, and that's something that I, I hope that the film will help bring forward, that, uh, you know, everybody just needs to be aware. This is not just happening overseas to, you know, to uh, foreign women and, and children. And it's horrible what's happening all over the world. But what happens is we overlook what's happening in our own neighborhoods. This is a domestic problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that I think has been important to share at this festival is that we're learning that more and more. And you're right, like, when I first started working here, like, I didn't know all of this stuff. And as I see more stories, like Amy's stories coming to light, like, I'm just 
blown away and shocked by how little we know and the misinformation that we have. What has the impact been that you guys have seen from sharing this film, but also Amy, especially you do so much work, you know, outside of this film, what kind of impact have you guys seen? From the film, it's been fabulous actually to see the impact the film has had. The people who come up to me every time just amaze me with their bravery because something in the film seems to set them free and they come and share with me something that they haven't told anybody else. I mean, that's what I hear over and over, at least once, but usually many more times than that at each screening is this is the first time I've said this to anybody, but, and then they tell me what it, what happened to them. It, I think only once, maybe twice was that story they told me connected to trafficking, but it was something that they were ashamed of. It was other violence, other trauma, but the, the common theme in that film is shame. And that's what, you know, we felt when we, as it was moving along, that's what we felt, but I didn't know if that's what the audience would get, if they just stick to the trafficking part and not connect it to themselves because of that or not. But like any stories that we do in, you know, in our speeches, that's why we promote telling stories so much when you're public, when you're doing any public speaking, because it connects you. You don't have to have the same experience at all. It still connects you as a human being. But that's what we, that's what I think the theme is. I don't think the theme is sex trafficking. I think it's shame and what that does to you and the harm, because that's universal. I don't, I still haven't met a person that doesn't have some shame and it could be something considered very minor and not, not physical uh, violence or anything, but something that really upset them and stuck with them. And it's, it's all the same, right? <laughs> Whatever shame is, it's, it's as powerful in one person's life as in another. Um, if I can add to that on the theme that Amy was talking about, um, when I first had the, the idea of, of talking to her about the film, it was to me in, in my head, it was like, this is a story about Amy, but it's a story about sex trafficking. And it became abundantly clear very quickly that no, this is a story about an a woman who has who's a survivor and it almost doesn't matter what the shame and what the trauma is from um, because we as Amy has indicated we all carry some kind of shame um, many of us have had some sort of trauma that has changed our lives in some way it may not be as impactful as you know a trafficking issue but we all, that's a, that is a universal message. And I hope that the film makes that clear that, that it, this film is way beyond just being about trafficking. It is about overcoming shame. It's overcoming trauma. It's, it's learning to, to feel free to own what you, who you are and, and not be ashamed. When we first met, I said, just, one thing, no stilettos clicking down the sidewalk. <laughs> because up to then, that was anything I, any documentaries I saw or any films I saw on trafficking, even any news reports or anything, that's what it is, right? And that's not gonna help anybody figure out how to really solve this problem if that's the visual that they always have, because that's so limited. Mm -hmm. 
As someone who watches a lot of films, I can tell you I've seen a lot of that. A lot of stilettos. <laughs> yeah. That's so when nice. I knew I was safe. Robin looked at me like I was crazy even thinking of that. So I knew it was the right place to be. The valid statement. I would love for you guys to share anything that you want to leave with the audience, anything that they can do, or just especially Amy, like anything that you want to tell someone, maybe someone who's going through something or people who feel compelled now to support you or your um, the organization or, um, you know, a local organization that they have by them, like where should they go? Um. Yeah, it, this is difficult because you really have to do a lot of homework in each location to find out the right place. There's a lot of places, unfortunately, that this is a hot topic now and has been the last couple of years. So organizations that don't have any background in this or any expertise are popping up or, or people that, nonprofits that have expertise in other areas are now adding this on. And I just recommend people stay away from that and really do their homework to find a place that um, uses survivors. First of all, if there's not survivor voices in the organization, they don't have to be the executive director, although they, there are fabulous ones that are, but they, if, if an organization is not respecting and embracing survivor, story, survivor advice, then it's not the right place to be. They're, there's a lot wrong with that. <laughs> you just have to have that voice. There is an 800 number uh, or a national number for Polaris. That's the National Human Trafficking Hotline, which is 888-3737-888. And they have some information that just in general. There's, a, there's other, or, uh, tra Truckers Against Trafficking is a national organization. Their website has some nice videos and some good information that they could look at. But if for local, I would tell them to really do their homework. If they're going to get involved in this, they shouldn't do it just a little bit. It's not an easy issue to work on. It's really not easy. It's not satisfying all the time because you don't just sit, tell somebody, uh, okay, I'll help you, and they jump out of that life or can get out of that life. It's not satisfying. Uh, you know, it's not instant gratification for sure. The thing I always want to point out is everybody could do something that doesn't cost a dime, that doesn't cost any time, and that's to commit to stop victim blaming. Because as long as the victim blaming still goes on, the solution's not gonna be able to be found. It's just not. So think of twice next time you're looking at the way a girl's dressed and making fun of her. Um, you know, that could be what her pimp picked out for her. And if she doesn't meet her quota, there's going to be blood all over that outfit that you laughed at. Think about the things that you do that are judging and victim blaming and commit to stop doing that and commit to stepping up and saying something, speaking up if somebody in your group says something about it. That's an impact I've seen uh, on people that hear my speeches, that I've had people come up to me and say, I do that, I've done that, I'll never do that again. Because uh, it's just, people are good people. Most people are good people. They just don't know. You know, they just don't know. And they've been fed all this, all these stories and all these stereotypes. So we have to break through that. And to anybody that is still in that life or just a new survivor, I would just definitely want to say that there's hope. There's a huge life out here and there's a lot of help out there. And not to give up. If you ask one person for help and it's not the right person, keep asking.
That's really important. Thank you. Um, Robin, do you want to share the film's website? I know that that has a lot of information on it too. Well, actually the, the website that, that we use for the film is Amy's website, uh, zenspeaker.com. Yeah. Zenspeaker.com. Zenspeaker.com. And uh, the, the film information is there. We're, the film is now available on Amazon. You know, the, for, for us, of course, the best thing is the more people that see it, the more people that meet Amy through the film, um, the more the information is disseminated and hopefully the message will be changed because we all have to be proactive with changing the message and changing our language, how we talk about people is, is one of the easiest and first steps that everyone can take. Um, and, and I highly recommend doing it, just being a little more conscious of how we, how we react to people and how we talk about them. My final thing is one of the, uh, you asked about the impact that it's had. One of the, my favorite impacts it's had is a philanthropist here and a friend of Robbins and mine came to my classes afterwards and met a couple of survivors who were in my class and heard them speak and saw the process that they have to go through to figure out what part of their story they want to tell, how they can tell it comfortably but compellingly. And she was very touched by that. And so she's endowed uh, my business with a nice sum of money to be able to provide scholarships to any survivor, provider, or advocate that wants to take my classes or work one-on-one -on -one with me. So, and that doesn't have to be here, it can be through Zoom. So I just like to get that word out so that we can take advantage of that gift from her. And, and they can contact Amy through her, through the website, thezenspeaker.com. The that's awesome. That's amazing. Um, I'm glad you have support like that. It's really essential to this work. But thank you guys so much for joining me with this. This was a really powerful conversation. <laughs> I don't even know how to go about the rest of my day now. So thank you <laughs> for having us. But I really appreciate you guys. So thank, thank you so much. Happy to be here and very happy to be part of the festival. Thank you for thank you. having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode, especially with such important subject matter. I would love for you guys to check out the film and learn more about Amy and the work that she does. So I've added links to the episode info for you guys to check out her website and watch the film. The music is Lost and Bound by Talene Kali. And if you have a minute, I would love if you rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts.